Welcome to the Program Yourself Thin Podcast with your host, Jim Katsoulis. I'm gonna show you how to master your weight once and for all. Start using powerful mindset-focused strategies to lose weight and live in the body of your dreams. Tune in each week for new episodes. Hey, this is Jim Katsoulis with the Program Yourself Thin Podcast. And today I wanna talk to you about 10 instincts that can sabotage your weight loss. So these 10 instincts actually come from a book called Factfulness by Hans Rosling. And although the book had nothing to do with weight loss, it's really about kind of how these 10 instincts affect your view of the world, which by the way, if you're feeling kind of negative or uncertain about the state of the world, um, I would definitely recommend this book because I think you'll come away feeling a bit more optimistic. Um, But anyways, when I looked at these 10 instincts, I said, wow, those directly relate to weight loss. And so that's what we're going to cover here. Uh, Basically, these instincts are kind of like mental gremlins that are lurking in the back of your mind um, that we're often very unaware of. So the first step is to become aware of them, which is the point of this podcast here. And I want to make clear, though, that you can't change them. They're they're wired into us. They're kind of our default setting. Um, So the the goal here is to become aware of them and to come up with strategies to help reduce the impact they have on us, okay? So let's kind of hop into it. The first instinct is the gap instinct. And this is the instinct to divide things into two distinct groups with an imagined gap in between. So one of the reasons we do this is our brain is wired to conserve energy, right? Our brain uses up lots of energy and and thinking uses up precious energy. So anytime we can find a shortcut in thinking that will help us, um, we will use it. And so instead of looking at kind of a whole spectrum of options with with lots of shades of differentiation between them, which takes a lot of thinking to understand, um, it's easier just to look at both ends of the spectrum and be like, that's it. Now, when it comes to weight loss, a lot of times we can say, you know, I'm either successful or I'm a failure. I'm either overweight or I'm thin. And this can be a problem, okay, especially as we're trying to get to be slimmer or or lose weight, okay? So one of the first challenges of this is that it limits how much success we feel during the middle processes, which is most of the process of weight loss, right? Because it's like you decide to lose weight and you dedicate yourself to it. And if you're only thinking, I'm a failure, 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 until that scale says a certain number, you're missing out on a lot of motivation um, that you can feel, Right? So how does this show up in real life? You can have a great week, right? You ate well, you're moving your body, you're doing lots of healthy things. You go step on the scale at the end of the week and you know, it didn't budge, put a little bit on, or you didn't lose as much as you thought you would. And now you feel really let down. And part of this is because, again, when we think of things in two distinct categories, I'm either successful, I'm either losing weight, or I'm a failure. If we, if we make things in that way in our mind, especially while we're looking to initiate change in ourselves, it's very frustrating, okay? So... A lot of times this gap instinct, uh, especially in weight loss, leads to all or nothing thinking. I'm either all 100%, you know, 100 miles an hour going towards my goal, eating perfect, exercising, living perfect, weight's going down, or forget it. I don't want to think about it, okay? So, So we don't want that. The all or nothing thinking is a real, real problem when it comes to weight loss. And so again, one of the solutions to that is become all or something thinking, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, Now, again, also thinking in these gaps causes us to feel stress because it doesn't allow us to understand that we're moving in the direction, right? We're on this path towards our goal, you know? So again, I see this all the time where people use almost pain as a motivator where they say, I'm I'm overweight or I'm unhappy with my body, even when they're doing good things because they haven't reached the goal yet, you see? And so we don't want to feel stressed to reach the goal, okay? And one of the ways to eliminate that, let's talk about some solutions to this, like at first, we kind of relax and take a deep breath. So do that now while you're listening to this. Relax your body. Take a deep breath. And 
recognize that success is actually not black or white. It's really the accumulation of small wins. You see, so we can't just say, well, I'll feel good, I'll feel happy, I'll feel confident once that number on the scale says the number I want. We need to start feeling those good feelings when we make the right food choice at dinner, when we get ourselves to go for a walk, when we get ourselves to go to the gym or drink that water. The little things we do, we want to recognize, we want to recognize those shades as we move towards our goal. We don't want to just feel like we're a failure until we reach that goal. Okay, um, so I hope that makes sense. And so we want to keep focused on the long-term success, that we're on a path. Each step brings us closer to that destination, to that goal, and um, recognizing that along those shades, it's, you know, literally, you can feel better right now, you know, again, by relaxing and taking a deep breath. But the moment that you make a good decision, you can start to allow yourself to feel good. And I feel like the more you let yourself feel good from the little decisions you make, the easier it is to reach that goal that you're shooting for, as opposed to, well, it doesn't matter if I made a good decision. It doesn't matter until I lose the weight, you know? And, and again, it sounds silly when I'm saying it like this, perhaps, but notice in your own thinking, if you have not done this, right? If, if that lots of good things you've done have been wiped out in a moment because when you stepped on the scale, you didn't, you weren't losing or because you were still felt far away from your goal. Okay. So this is a huge thing to recognize. And so the real secret of this is to recognize that your ultimate success is the accumulation of small wins. So you've got to get in the habit of celebrating those small wins. We can't just kind of poo-poo and, oh, those don't matter. That doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is if I can, you know, just keep my calories to a thousand calories or I have to walk 10 miles a day, right? We set these crazy goals because we know they're going to get us fast results, um, but they're usually not sustainable in long-term. So the real secret to long-term success and usually success in the first place, is to really, truly appreciate the little things that we're doing and to recognize that it's not a gap. There's not two ends of the spectrum. There's all the shades along the spectrum that you're going to walk along to get to that ultimate goal, okay? Um, the, the second instinct is the negativity instinct. Now, this is the tendency to notice the bad more than the good. Now, this was hardwired into us through evolution because the more negative you were, the higher your chance of survival, right? It was better to, you know, remember where the lion was than where the beautiful flower was. And so we've evolved to recognize negative things because it helped us survive more, okay? But now a lot of times it works against us, right? And so some of the challenges of that is that, especially when it comes to weight loss, is when we make a mistake, our mind magnifies it. It's hyper aware of the mistakes and then it blows them up. Okay. And so our mistakes can overshadow our successes. And if you're listening to this, I can almost guarantee you've had that experience. Now you probably can't even see it in your own behavior, but I bet if you have a friend or someone, you know, who was trying to lose weight, you've seen this clear as day where they were doing great. You know, and again, maybe they're doing great, like for three, four days. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, they ate a cookie or a brownie. And now all of a sudden it feels like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, like that, that one little mistake becomes bigger than the three previous days of great, you know, choices they made, you know? So we've got to be careful of this. And again, this is hardwired into our mind that there's no avoiding this. Um, it can make us feel like failures, you know, very, very quickly. Um, cause again, it's not even, our brain does not treat it even. It doesn't treat the three days of good choices the same as it does the one brownie we ate. It magnifies the brownie, makes us feel like a failure. Okay. And that all discourages us. And uh, again, it's something we've got to deal with and it's there, right? Again, whether you realize it or not, I promise you it, it is there. So here are some solutions. 
The first one is intentionally look for the positives all the time. You have got to make up for this instinct consciously. And one of the ways you do that is you blow up, you magnify the positive things you do. You know, so, um, you know, as, as we get into the eight habits, you know, of, of healthy living that I always talk about, you know, one of them is drinking water. And so for me, every time I'm drinking water, I'm making it a big deal. Every time I finish a bottle of water, one of my bottles, uh, I blow it up into a big deal. This is why I'm able to control my, my weight and my health, you know, and I do that with all sorts of little things. When I get to bed on time, when I stretch, when I meditate, when I do my breathing exercises, if I relax a little bit, every little thing I do, I'm blowing it up to be a big thing. And so I'm working against this negative instinct, negativity instinct that I have as well, okay? And so, of course, I still make mistakes, but because I'm constantly blowing up the positive things and focusing on them, um, it, it kind of balances it out a bit and it makes it help, help a lot better. Another thing that I've seen, I've seen really helpful to deal with this is tracking your habits and results, okay? So now, again, if you're not someone who likes to track, then you, don't, you do not have to track, um, but if you do track what I've seen so many times, I can't tell you the number of times working with clients where we get on the call and they start off real negative, you know, oh, oh, things were okay, but then everything went horrible. And then we look at some of their tracking that they've done, you know, and they look at it and go, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I, I mean, it's happened <laughs> thousands of times where they realize, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was when they looked at the actual data. Okay. So it's so important to understand that, that one little mistake we magnify it and it can start to overshadow all the good we did and it affects how we think, okay? Um, and so again, you gotta recognize your emotions. When you're in a negative place as well, when you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, you're tired, um, any kind of negative emotion, skews your perceptions, okay? It's gonna make you think differently. I've gotten into the habit of, when I recognize I'm in a bad mood, I don't take my thoughts seriously, Okay, it's almost like, I use this metaphor. I don't know if you've ever gone out with a friend and they, maybe they drank too much or if you've been around someone who drank too much. It's like, they may be a smart, intelligent person normally, but you know, in, in that state, they're not saying the smartest stuff sometimes. So you know, a lot of times like, ah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not really taking them seriously. That's kind of how I take my own brain when I recognize that I'm in a bad negative mood, you know, because it's dramatic. It's saying all these, you know, th these melodramatic things that make me feel horrible. Okay. I can't stop it all the time, right? There are strategies to kind of mitigate it a bit, but it still does it on its own sometimes. And so when I can't, when I'm not able to change it, I let those thoughts happen, but I don't take them so seriously. Again, I treat them kind of like that, that person who drank too much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. And I wait till I finally get back to normal. But so again, the, the way you deal with this is you start to gain more awareness, you know, of where you're at. Celebrate your positive wins, no matter how small they are. Get focused and fixated on the small wins that you have and celebrate them and recognize that when you get in a bad mood or you get negative, that you're probably being overdramatic and not thinking about things clearly, okay? Uh, the next thing is the straight line instinct. And this is the tendency to assume our results will be a straight line. And I've seen this sabotage many a people, okay? Because again, it's this concept that okay, tomorrow's Monday, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to start my diet tomorrow working out and I'm going to have this straight line of success until I reach my goal weight. And I have rarely seen a straight line um, with my clients. You know, it, it just rarely is. And so some of the challenges of this is it, it can make you feel bad when you hit a plateau or an increase, you know, even if it's a slight increase, you know, all of a sudden it feels like the end of the world. Even the plateaus can feel like the end of the world. You know, so um, we have to recognize that a straight line of weight loss is very rare. 
you know? Now, again, if you zoom out far enough, it'll look like a, like a straight line, you know? But when you get in it day to day, week to week, it's, it's, it's more jaggedy, you know, typically. Um, and it's an inaccurate concept to change, you know? So, you know, if you look at other, if, if you look at like, like weightlifters, a lot of times will, will track their gains or, you know, um, I'm trying to think of other situations where people are tracking their results, but pretty much anytime we're learning something, it's that jaggedy process, you know, and there's dips and increases and plateaus. That's part of change. That's part of growing and evolving. And I think with weight loss, again, we've gotten into this concept of fast, quick, straight line, just make the decision, just do it. Um, but the reality is it's a lifestyle change. It's a transformation of who you are. I mean, that's what you're really looking for. You're not looking to just lose some weight. Um, and, Cause then what? Right. So if, if you, if you struggle yourself, you know, white knuckle yourself to some weight loss, I mean, how long is it going to last? You know, if you're listening to this, I hope your goal has shifted to not just lose weight, but to master your weight so you can live at your goal weight forever. And I want you to know that any kind of big thing that you take on, any big life change you take on, there's going to be ups and downs, you know, along the way of it. Okay. And so again, the straight line instinct can lead to extreme actions. You know, we hit a plateau and instead of sticking with what's been working for us so well, we start to do some unsustainable extreme action, you know, just kind of kickstart it. And then we can't maintain it. And then we give up on the whole thing. Okay. So instead we want to go into this with, you know, a sense of patience and recognize that, that it's, um, it's normal to hit plateaus and have increases and recognize that there's different shape lines of success, you know, there just are. And so again, what we're interested in is we want a trend line, right? We're interested in the trend line, which is really accumulation over time of where we're going. Um, and this is one of the challenges of weight loss. Again, we zoom right in. Some people zoom in day in, you know what I mean? Every day they're weighing themselves. And if it goes up, if you do day in and day out, and again, I don't think there's any problem with weighing yourself every day. Um, there's a lot of benefits to it, but it does depend on how you're approaching it. And again, if you're going to approach every day, what you'll see is your weight fluctuates. There's different factors that make it fluctuate beyond just calories and working out, right? Um, depends on the time of the month, depends on how you're feeling, it depends on your hormones, depends on the temperature, the environment you're in. There are a lot of different factors that can influence your weight that have nothing to do with calories. And so you might get a spike in your weight one day, and then you might lose a bunch of weight the next day, you know? And that's kind of the pattern, the genuine pattern of change that I have seen. So what we want to get used to is, again, there are, it's not just a straight line, and we're interested in the trends, okay? And, and, and um, plateaus are part of that. And so you want to expect plateaus and temporary increases, you know? Prepare for them, you know? This is why I say when we go into it and we have this, <clears throat> and a lot of times it's unconscious, we have this unconscious perception of a straight line down. So if that's what we expect and all of a sudden we hit a plateau or an increase, we freak out. We feel like something's wrong, However, if we go into it, recognizing that there's plateaus and temporary increases sometimes, we can relax and we can handle it and manage it and be prepared for it, okay? And so we want to stay calm and committed and focused on the end result, you know? Um, again, we want to be honest with ourselves. We don't want to delude ourselves, you know? But if we have an increase, we can say to ourselves, how have I been eating? You know, how have I been living? Can I see any reason why this may have happened over the last one or two weeks, you know, and again, sometimes weight takes a little bit of time to catch up to our behaviors, okay, good and bad, all right? Um, but, but again, just relax, stay calm, and realize that that's a natural part of change. Uh, now, the fourth instinct is the fear instinct. And this is really important when it comes to weight loss. This is basically when we're scared, we systematically distort how we think and see things, 
Let me repeat that. When we're scared, when we feel fearful, we systematically distort how we think and we see things. Now, why do I say this is so important when it comes to weight loss? Because um, your weight, you know, especially if you're associating it to your health um, or your weight when you're associating it to your value as a person can cause a lot of fear. Okay, so this is one of the reasons why weight is such an emotional thing, you know, and a lot of time it will distort our focus because we'll see a picture of ourselves, we're not happy with it, the, the scale says a number, and we freak out. Um, it, it puts us into a very fearful, negative state. You know, again, we look at the mirror, we're not happy, and we get really upset, and it distorts our focus. And what often happens in this state of mind is that we choose an extreme weight loss plan that is not a good, sustainable, long-term solution. Okay. I want you to think about this. <laughs> Have you ever in your life seen a picture, stepped on the scale, some your pair of pants don't fit, um, look in the mirror, and all of a sudden you freak out? And then you say, that is it. I've got to lose this weight. And then you say, I don't care what I have to do. I just have to lose this weight. And then we go and choose a plan that just doesn't resonate with us. And we're able to follow it for a couple of days, a couple of weeks. And then next thing you know, we're not doing it anymore. Okay. So what I find is a lot of times people make their weight loss how they're going to lose weight, they make that decision in a fearful peak negative state. And a lot of times it's a distorted thinking that a distorted thinking brain that's making that decision. And this is one of the reasons why people tend to kind of choose the same plan over and over again. It hasn't worked the last 20 times, but again, in that distorted state, we don't make rational, logical choices and we just kind of do what we've done. And, and so if this is a pattern you've had, Again, we have these instincts, they're not going anywhere. We all have them to some degree. But if you have, if you notice in yourself that you get in a peak negative emotional state about your weight and then you choose how you're gonna lose the weight and you never stick with it, this is probably one of the reasons why. And so what you wanna do is you wanna, again, relax, take a deep breath, right? When you notice yourself getting upset, the scale, the picture, the reflection, the clothes don't fit, you know, we wanna center ourselves. We wanna release some of the fear. We want to bring ourselves to a more neutral state. And then we want to recognize again, that you're safe in the moment. And I know this may sound weird, but I'm telling you, our modern world can trigger a lot of primal responses. And so you may not be like, well, I know I'm overweight, but that doesn't create a fear response. It creates a fight, flight, or, fr or freeze response in us a lot of times. Okay. And so the fight response is that, you know, I just want to do something, you know, we want to fight, but then the adrenaline wears off and then we don't have the motivation to do it. Okay. So we want to relax, relax, recognize we're safe. We're going to be okay. And let's make decisions from a place of calm. Okay. Reflect on what hasn't worked for you in the past. Notice what you've done in the past, how you've made decisions about losing weight and do something different. Okay. And make a decision from a calm place. Maybe wait a day intentionally, you know, take 10, 15 minutes and just calm your mind and your body down. Get clear on how you want to live your life, who you want to be. Okay. And inst instead of making decisions out of fear and out of a peak negative state, get yourself into a place of calm, of strength, and of feeling good and positive. And let this become a process of what you want. You understand? The fear instinct, a lot of times, it frames the weight loss process in terms of what we don't want. I don't want this body anymore. I hate my body. I don't want to be this way. And the whole process is one of, I don't want to, I don't want this. Okay. We need to switch it into what do you want? And that's what you get when you calm down and you get to a place of strength and you say, what do I want my life to be? Okay. Not just my body. Okay. I want my body to be slimmer, but 
who do I want to be? How do I want to live? Who's the person I want to be? Okay. And then that becomes the magnetizing force you're, you're pulled towards, you know, as instead of trying to run away from your old body. Okay. It's a complete paradigm shift. I could talk about it for hours, but let's move on. The next instinct is the size instinct. And we tend, this is basically that we tend to get things out of proportion or misjudge the size of things. Right? So this is kind of like what we were talking about earlier. We tend to misjudge the importance of a single instance, good and bad. Okay, so understand this works both ways. Um, good good um, misjudging of importance of something is also referred to as the licensing effect. When we go and work out at the gym two days in a row, right? Then we, we overestimate how much calories that's burning. You know, and then we end up overeating, you know, some foods because we said, oh, I worked out and burned a thousand calories when in reality you burn 300 and then you consume 1500 extra calories, right? So this happens to people they work out. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm working out and doing the right stuff, but I'm still not losing weight. A lot of times it's something like that. Now we misjudge the bad stuff because again, as I was referencing earlier, we could have three great days of decisions and all of a sudden, you know, after lunch, we ate a brownie. And so we, that, that brownie becomes you know, magnified in our mind and it, it takes on a bigger place than it is. Because in reality, that brownie, you know, maybe the last couple of days you were, you know, right at your calorie ranges and maybe the brownies, you know, an extra 300 calories. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not that big of a deal, but our mind blows it up. And so we have to be aware of this because this sabotages a lot of people. And um, a lot of times we can think certain changes are going to be harder than they are as well. So this size instinct, I'll tell you one way I do this is I do this with time. And so I remember when I first started making salads for lunch, I remember thinking to myself, oh, okay, I got to make them. On Mondays, I'd make them. And I was like, I got to do it. And I'm like, oh, it's going to take me like an hour to do those. And I was, I was thinking, okay, it's going to take me an hour. And luckily, I recognize this in myself. I overestimated how long good things are going to take me. And so what I did is I timed myself. And I was shocked. When I timed myself making the salads, it was actually only about 12 minutes it took me. And so that was really important for me, though, because now every Monday, instead of thinking, oh, it's going to be an hour unconsciously, now I know, oh, it's going to take me 12 minutes. It's way easier for me to get myself to do it, okay? So again, a lot of times we, we think things are going to be harder or are going to take longer than they really are, okay? So be aware of that. So a couple solutions, again, is to compare to other things. Um, you know, again, is speaking to the, you know, three days of, of great choices and one little mistake. Um, we want to compare those if we can. You know what I mean? So when we make a mistake, reflect on how we've been doing, you know, and even if it wasn't three days, maybe you had one great day and then you went and chose a brownie. That's okay. You know what I mean? When you look at them, compare side by side, you know, 24 hours is a lot more than the one little brownie mistake. Because again, sometimes we eat that brownie and say, oh, I blew it all. No, you didn't blow it all. It's just one little mistake. Get right back on track, you know? Um, and then the other thing is, again, kind of putting things into perspective, you know, that, that it really does help a lot. Um, and we don't do this naturally. Okay. So this is something you have to do. You'll notice that a lot of the times when you make a mistake, this is when I want you to practice this is when you make a food mistake, when you choose the wrong thing or you overeat, um, I want you to kind of take a step back and realize it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? It's one meal in your whole life is not a big deal. Right. And, and that can be kind of a helpful thing because you'll realize you were doing the opposite. You, you were maximizing it, right? You, you were getting it out of proportion. Um, so the next instinct is the generalization instinct. And this is the instinct to generalize. Um, and it can cause us to distort our perceptions by grouping things into categories that are actually very different. All right. Now, this is really important when it comes to weight loss. Okay. Because I can't tell you the number of people that say, I'm just confused. I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. 
I don't know what, when they tell me to eat carbs here, and then I'm not supposed to eat carbs, I'm supposed to eat fat. And so a lot of this is this generalization instinct, okay? And this is why these diets exist. So dietary generalizations is one of the most common ways this kind of shows up. And an example of that is carbs are bad. Well, carbs aren't bad. (laughs) Vegetables are carbs. So it's like we have this huge generalization that carbs are bad, and then we have people out there saying, well, I shouldn't eat vegetables because they're carbs. You know, so we've got to make more distinction. We have to have more um, understanding. Again, kind of, you know, we can't look at one big glob of saying carbs are bad because that's not true. Um, Refined carbs, right? And and even they're not bad, I don't think. I think that, again, it depends on how often we're consuming them. I think the typical, um, you know, American is consuming too many of them. I agree. Um, But they're not bad, okay? Or fat is bad. Fat's not bad. You need it to live, right? So again, we make these huge generalizations and what they lead to is us being very confused about what we should do. Um, Exercise generalizations. Oh, I've got to work out hard in order to lose weight. No, you do not. Okay, again, these generalizations are our brain's way to simplify things, to save energy. Um, But very rarely in life are things really just simple and one big generalization is true, okay? Um, There's lots of details in there. So yeah, carbs, yeah, refined carbs, eating a lot of them is bad, okay? (laughs) But carbs in general as a giant thing are not, okay? Protein, meat, you know what I mean? Like, again, we can't just say like, oh, it's bad or it's good, Um, things are more complex than that, okay? So be aware of that because it can lead to a lot of problems. And one of the big problems with it is it can keep us stuck doing things that are not working for us. This is crucial. Again, I can't tell you the number of clients I work with that have tried... Now, again, I say they're extreme because if you give up carbs (laughs) um, completely, that's an extreme diet. Yeah, it, it, it's very unusual, you know, throughout history we've been eating carbs, not the same kind that we eat now, I understand, but just carbs in general, we've been consuming. And so all of a sudden to say, well, I'm not going to eat any carbs. And then our body doesn't feel good. We're struggling with it. It's really hard. And we say, no, I got to keep with it. Now I'll tell you, I, I know this because I did it. I remember at one point in my life, I did raw food. And so I, I followed a raw food diet, nothing cooked. And I did this for about six months. And I felt pretty good physically, I'm not gonna lie, but it was hard and I started to get obsessed about food. I started to think about food all of the time. And so emotionally, it was unsustainable. Mentally, it was unsustainable. And so I stuck with it though because I had this generalized belief that cooking food wasn't as healthy as raw foods. And so sticking to that generalization, you know, it it just didn't work for me, but I stuck with it longer because I was so committed to this generalized idea. So what I'm saying is that when you find yourself um, struggling um, with, with what you're doing, you want to start questioning some of your beliefs, okay? You know, is this really true? Is this working for me? And that's always the golden rule. Is this working for me? And not just am I losing weight, please. That cannot be the only deciding factor, you know, because we could starve ourselves and lose weight, but that, that's not sustainable and it's not a healthy way to do it. You see? So we got to question our beliefs, especially in this day and age. There's so much information coming at us that a lot of times the beliefs we've created are based on on not good information and very rarely are they based on what's going to work for us, specifically for us. And so I always say my approach to weight loss is a little harder in the front end because you you have to create your own lifestyle system based around you. 
your your genetics, your preferences, your likes, your dislikes, your lifestyle. Um, so it, it takes a little bit of time to figure that out. It's easier just to say, hey, give me a meal plan. I'll just follow it. But the chances of that lasting long term are, are really low, right? Because whoever's giving this meal plan, their, their life's totally different than yours probably. Their likes and preferences, their genetics, okay? So start questioning your beliefs when you feel yourself struggling, okay? And stay open to new information, and the secret here is to stay focused on the solution and have a well-defined solution state you're moving towards. Meaning, it's not just about weight loss. It's about being the person you want to be. That's what, that's what the gift of being the raw foodist gave me, is I realized at that point, losing weight was not enough. It, that wasn't the only thing that mattered. I quickly realized that whatever plan I was going to follow had to mentally and emotionally satisfy me as well. Okay, and so it, it allowed me to create a more detailed understanding of what I needed to live at my goal weight. Okay, and so I want you to do the same thing. If you've tried the Atkins diet and you felt horrible doing it, but you believe in some of the ideas, great, go deeper into it though. How can you make it better for you? Right, maybe if you had a little bit more bread in it, then you would have been great with it. Again, I'm just throwing out ideas. I'm not saying that would have been the right answer. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that ask yourself when you're trying these different plans, again, you're doing them because you believed in them, but maybe you have to tweak it in a certain way to work for you, okay? Um, and, and so again, recognize that generalization instinct. The next one, number seven, the destiny instinct, right? Again, this is, <laughs> a lot of these are just so dead on when it comes to weight loss. But the destiny instinct is basically the idea that we're destined to be a certain way. Okay, the destiny instinct, that we're destined to be a certain way. It's out of our control, right? And so this is, when it comes to weight loss, this shows up a lot. And this directly impacted me. But so it's like if you grow up with people that have all struggled with their weight, it is very easy to say, well, genetically, I'm predisposed to this. This is who I am. And you look around and it's all validated for you. And you've tried to lose weight and it hasn't worked. And so it's very easy to, to fall into this one, okay? But the big problem is it makes us feel powerless. It takes all of our power away because we, we look around and we say, oh, well, my dad was overweight, my mom was overweight, all my uncles and aunts are overweight, my, everyone's overweight. So what, it must be the way it is. And, and it's a normal thing to think that, right? But it's always because of the behaviors, okay? The behaviors are always are what are in control of our weight ultimately. So we gotta remember that. And so, we can't lose sight of the behaviors we have because, you know, I can tell you, but like, and again, if you know my story, my father died when I was nine and he was 54 of a heart attack. Now he was overweight and he had other health issues. He didn't leave a healthy lifestyle. Um, he had very poor eating habits. And so I remember for a while in my mind, I was like, well, I'm going to end up just like that. And I had to be careful of that, obviously. And it was a real breakthrough for me when I realized, well, maybe he was predisposed to be that way. But I know for a fact his behaviors, you know, it, it might have been different. And I don't even know if this exists. What, what if he had a heart attack at 54, which people can regardless of their weight. So I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, but if he was overweight and he ate really clean, right? But I, that doesn't even make sense in my mind, you know? So what I realized, I said, well, maybe he was predisposed to that. But he certainly lived a lifestyle that, you know, supported that end. And so for me to realize maybe I have some of those genetics but I still have the option and the choice of what behaviors I'm going to have in my life. And that, that felt, that, that was so freeing for me because it made me realize I have the power to decide how I'm going to behave. 
And I, again, I also had the belief that if I eat differently, my, my weight's going to reflect that. And, and it turned out to be true. Um, and so again, we have to be careful with this destiny in, instinct because it can also lead to this idea that it doesn't matter what I do, I can't lose weight. And, and then that's not true. If you have that belief, I bet what's more accurate is you feel like it doesn't matter what I do, I can't lose weight because you have done things in the past for a little while, or you did things in the past that weren't the right things for you. Okay. And, and I just, this is a belief I like to bring to the situation so I can stay in control of my power. You know, um, when it comes to weight, it comes to calorie consumption at the end of the day. Now, listen, some people lose weight quickly and some people lose weight slowly. That's absolutely true. But I've never seen a case ever in history, in any study, I've never seen a case where someone's calories were reduced over a long enough period of time and they did not lose weight. All right, you got to remember that. Um, it's crucial. And so to, to solve this, this destiny instinct, is remember that slow change is not no change. Okay, so again, this kind of goes back to even the gap instinct, that when we start, if, if you start off with this destiny idea that like, well, all my family's overweight, and I've tried this before, and I haven't been successful. When we first start, again, sometimes we're thinking, okay, well, once I get to 100 pounds down, then, then I'm successful. But you got to realize, as soon as you make a good choice, you're successful. You know, as soon as you lose a pound, you're successful. You know, as soon as you, you do these little things um, that are moving in the right direction, you're successful. Okay, so, so slow change is not no change. People lose weight at different rates of speed. And this could be part of your destiny. You might be a slow weight loser. It, that, might be, that might be your situation. That might be your challenge in life. Okay, but it, it's not a big deal because, again, I, I always like to say this, the weight loss process is relatively slow. If you're 50 years old and it took you five years to lose all the weight comfortably in a way that was sustainable and enjoyable, You've got another 50 years to live at that ideal weight. You see what I mean? So, so again, don't get so caught up on the weight loss far, part of it. Get caught up on how I want to live my life and who I want to be, all right? And again, keep track of small changes. I can't tell you how important this is. You hear what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say is that a lot of times when, oh, well, everyone's overweight and I've tried losing weight, it hasn't worked, we're thinking unconsciously of the big change. And so when we think of the big change, it feels impossible, so what I'm trying to tell you is to focus on the little changes because all big changes are just accumulation of small changes. No one loses 100 pounds at once, right? You, don't, you lose it a pound at a time, right? So keep track of these small changes. And one way to do that that, that I've found to be pretty successful sometimes is to use percentages to think of your, weight, your results so far, okay? So let's just say, for example, you know, you're 250 pounds and you want to lose 50 pounds, okay? So say you lose 10 pounds, right? And you got another 50, 40 pounds to lose and you feel, it feels like that's still a mile away. It still feels really far when you feel kind of discouraged. Another way to think about that is that you've lost 20% of the weight already, right? So again, if you're 250 and you want to lose 50 pounds and you lost 10 pounds, that 10 pounds, you want to lose 50 pounds, 10 pounds of that is 20%. And so thinking about, well, I've lost 10 pounds and I got 40 more to lose can feel overwhelming thinking, oh my God, I've lost 20% of the, the weight that I want to lose. That can feel a lot more motivating, okay? So use percentages to kind of help you with that and recognize the small changes because the small changes turn into big changes. Now, instinct number eight is the single perspective instinct, right? And this is basically our preference for single causes and single solutions. We like this because it provides a simple explanation. Again, our brain likes simple things. It's looking to conserve energy. 
And so um, this is a big problem because it oversimplifies the problem. And when it comes to weight loss, goodness gracious, <laughs> this is front and center, right? Because how many diets out there are like one thing? The grapefruit diet, um, I'm, I'm blanking on the names of them now, like the, the tea diet, you know what I mean? Like it's always like one thing, um, you know, the, the master cleanse, it, it's like one thing. And so one thing is so appealing to us because it seems so simple. Weight loss is not simple. It's complex. It really is. And I, I, there's no there's no point in lying about that. That's That should be, it's, I don't know if it's an instinct in here, but it's like this idea that, that weight loss is so simple. It's not. I mean, you're you're making, again, estimated 160 food decisions a day. You know, it involves your emotions. It involves your hormones. You know, there's so many different things going on. And so it's natural for our brain to say, I just want something simple, simple explanation. Well, stop eating carbs. Stop eating fat. Don't eat, you know, between these hours. You just do this. And again, so our brain loves the, the, simple, the simple solution to a complex problem, but it rarely works. And there, therein lies the problem, okay? Um, so again, it, it causes us to employ solutions that are just too simplistic, you know? And this can happen in so many ways. And it can happen with the workouts, right? People, oh, I'm gonna do the craziest workout I can and that'll take care of it. No, it won't. You know, mathematically, it just won't work out. Um, oh, I'm just gonna get rid of carbs, okay? Again, the concept's simple, right? And that, that's what you'll notice, by the way. The concept is simple. Uh, any simple diet, the concept is simple, the execution and maintenance of it is really hard, right? So take the simplest diet you can. You just let's stick with, a, you know, like, like, like a, um, j just get rid of all carbs, right? We'll go paleo and then no more carbs, no more, no more refined carbs. Okay, yeah, great. That makes sense. Cool. But then the first day, the second day, you go to some birthday party, there's cake and you can't eat any and you're, you're the weirdo. Um, that's a lot harder. So again, understand though, again, I'm not saying you can't do those things. You know what I mean? Um, it's not, there are ways to go to a birthday party and not eat cake if you don't want to. But what I'm trying to say is that our brain gets all excited, um, you know, when it looks at simple magic solutions and you've probably fallen for some of them. And again, what I'm trying to say is I'm letting you off the hook here, right? It appeals to your brain. It pushes our buttons for a simple solution. Oh, I could do that. I can get rid of carbs. That sounds easy right? But it sounds easy, but the reality of it day in and day out for years and years is not easy at all. It's really hard. And so again, a lot of the weight loss marketing is preying on this instinct that we all have. And we have to recognize, again, we can't change it. <laughs> so, you know, you've got a lifetime of, of seeing like, like simple diets for you. It's like infomercials for like, like exercise equipment, right? And it's like, that. it's, it's a constant. It never ends, right? 20, 30 years of like this one the shake weight, <laughs> I go like this, I'm going to slim down. So again, our brain loves that. Okay. But it doesn't work. So it's up to us to recognize, um, that we need a toolbox, not just a tool. Again, this is really about sh transforming our lifestyle. It's about transforming our identity. It's an inside out approach to weight loss. What I believe, what I've seen work. And you, again, you, you need a toolbox, not just a tool. Um, you need lots of different tools that you accumulate over the years, different strategies, different ways of thinking. And that's what creates this lifestyle approach, okay? This one just real simple, one simple, oh, just do this. I mean, you got to start to have a red flag go up. You've got to set up a filter for that so you don't keep doing it. Because every time you fall for that and it doesn't work, you say, oh, I can't lose weight. You give up your power, right? It starts to validate this idea. Oh, see, I guess I am meant to be this weight. Nothing's working for me. I saw the people on the cover of the grapefruit diet and they were all slim. I saw those results. How come I can't do it? You know? And so we start thinking negatively about ourselves, but it's not you. It's that strategy. It's, it's so simplistic. It's goofy. So how do you fix it? Right? Again, we want a, a toolbox, not a tool and to think holistically. 
And so this is another single perspective instinct that comes to weight loss is willpower. I just need more willpower. Not true. Not true. Um, It's more complex than that. Okay. So you want to think holistically where um, you recognize that how much sleep you're getting, the quality of sleep, how much water you're drinking, your hydration levels, how relaxed or stressed you are, how much nourishment you're putting in your body, how calm your mind is, how much you move your body, how grateful you are and what your emotions are, right? So these are things that are influencing your hunger and your ability to make the right food choices. It's not just about willpower. And we've gotten conditioned to just think about, well, it's just about willpower. And if I get my willpower, then I can do it. Um, No, that's not a long-term maintainable, sustainable strategy. Okay, we want to think holistically. What will make it easy for me to... um, you know, live at my ideal weight and eat the right foods. And and to that point, I just want to make clear, I don't, you know, I think there's really valid points that paleo makes, that keto makes, that, um, you know, low fat makes. I think almost all the diets have some good points in them. But what I want to point out is I like to use something called the Jeet Kune Do philosophy. So I was so lucky in my life right around, again, it was a magical time in my life where I just was exposed to hypnosis, NLP, guitar, um, Jeet Kune Do, which was a martial art, it's Bruce Lee's martial art. And I got to train with a guy who taught it. And basically the philosophy is this. Bruce Lee was a, was a legit martial artist and he was a philosophy major, very smart person. And what he would do is he would study every fighting system imaginable. And he would take what worked and discard the rest. And that philosophy has served me so well because I will look at pretty much any weight loss approach, any health thing, and I will, if something resonates with me or makes sense, I will take it. But I'm not taking the entire system complete because there's only one system that's going to work for you and you've got to create it yourself. There's no one system out there because someone can give it to you and say like, oh, here you go. You're all set because you're a unique person. You've got, again, your, your, your genetic makeup, your preferences, your life experiences up till now. Um, so you've got to come up with your own philosophy. And so I know this is a little bit of a bummer, right? Because again, we just want something simple. So this is unappealing to, to say, oh, it's here's more work. But I want to point out that this single perspective instinct to just one simple thing, it sabotages us because we keep falling for the bright, shiny object. And again, there's a reason why our brain's wired to want that, okay? But the truth is we've got to approach it with a much more, again, I always use the example of like, it's like college, right? If you ever went to college, again, you're committing two, four, six, ten 10 years to learning something. And so I would suggest you use that same mindset to approach to your, your weight and your health, right? Master this area of your life and give yourself some time to do it, okay? Instead of just wanting that, that quick fix, right? Oh, tomorrow's Monday, that's it. I'm going to make it all happen. Um, it, it's a little more complicated than that. Okay, number nine, the blame instinct, right? And so this is the instinct to find a simple reason or person responsible for why something bad has happened. <laughs> and um, I like this one a lot, especially with weight loss, because um, a lot of time, th- this, this absolutely uses up lots of energy, and we can get caught up in the blaming. And the blaming can be a lot of times put on us, okay? So especially if you're kind of a perfectionist and you beat yourself up a lot, you've got to be careful of this because you'll say, oh, that's it. I'm going to follow the Atkins diet. I'm starting tomorrow, Monday. And you get two days into it and you blow it, right? And so then what happens? Oh, you horrible person. Why couldn't you stick with it? You, you always fail and you keep screwing up and what's wrong with you? And all of that energy that we're using is just going towards beating ourselves up and, and hurting ourselves. In another way, it's all focused on the problem, 
You know, whether you're blaming yourself or whether you're blaming, oh, you know, my, my freaking partner, they, they brought that popcorn down or they, they pulled out that bag of chips while I was watching TV and then I, I ended up eating them. It was their fault. Or they put those cookies out and they shouldn't, I wouldn't have eaten them. And so we're, we keep blaming other people. And what happens is, again, it uses up this, our precious, precious energy and resources. But worst of all is it doesn't give us any solutions. Okay. Um, again, uh, th- there's a podcast uh, that, that I'm putting out called um, solution versus problem-oriented mindset. It's absolutely crucial that you listen to that, okay? Um, because we only have so much energy. And if we go and give most of our energy to beating ourselves up or blaming people, we're really focused on the problems. We, we end at the end of all that energy expenditure of blaming someone or ourselves, we don't end up any better off. We just feel kind of let down and discouraged. What we want to do is we want to focus on the solutions, Okay. Um, and so the, the blame instinct, it creates all this stress. Again, especially when we put it on ourselves, even when we blame other people, right? We get very upset and it's a very kind of fiery negative energy. And so we want to be careful of that. And so some of the solutions to it, first off, take some responsibility, right? It, it's kind of like, um, I think of it as uh, radical responsibility, that no matter what happens, it, it's up to you. And who I always respond to or I always think of when I think about this is uh, Viktor Frankl, right? And you'll, you'll hear me reference him a lot, but he was a, a Jewish psychiatrist in Nazi Germany. He was put in a concentration camp along with his whole family. And he basically wrote a book, Man's Search for Meaning, about how he was able to stay in control of his mindset, even in a concentration camp. You know, So even in a concentration camp in Nazi Germany, he wasn't blaming. He wasn't focusing all his energy in there. Okay. Not to say you're not going to blame people sometimes, by the way. So I'm not saying you have to be some saint. But what I'm saying is start to recognize if you are a blamer, you want to recognize this is one of your primary instincts you want to create a strategy for. And one of the first ways to fix that is to take responsibility, you know? And um, so it's like, you know, so what if they put the cookies out? What can I do next time if they put, put the cookies out so that I don't do that, so I don't eat them? Okay. Take responsibility. It feels good because you can't change other people. It's hard enough to change yourself, right? So it's like you can't change other people. So when you make a mistake, you want to take responsibility for it and not just blaming yourself though. That responsibility goes for how can I resolve this? You know, if I go back in time knowing what I know now, what could I have done differently? You know, and creating solutions and strategies where you didn't have any. That's the whole, that's what the point of growth is. You know, it's kind of like if I learn the piano, I'm learning it and I screw up and I get mad at myself. Should I get mad at myself or should I put that energy into practicing, right? The answer is obvious. Um, and so look for systems, not villains, right? And so what I mean by that is that it's very easy for us to, again, blame ourselves or others, but almost without exception, it comes down to systems. And what I mean by that is, so let's just say I go to an office party at five o'clock, right? So work gets out and we go to a five o'clock office party and someone puts out cookies and cake and I eat all of it. So, they're not the villain. I'm not the villain. What happened most likely is I went into that situation super hungry. Maybe I was really emotional. Um, maybe I didn't have the strategies to go in that situation and succeed. Okay. And so what I want to do is I want to find a system for how could I have gone in there and succeeded? And maybe that would have been, I would have had a nutritious snack at four o'clock. Maybe I would have drank a bunch of water before I went in there. Maybe I would have reconnected with my goal and how I want to be. Okay. So again, there, there's different options. But what I'm trying to point out is that you're always better off by trying to find a solution and thinking about how, what you could have done better um, than it is blaming people because you end up no better off from that, okay? So please resist finding scapegoats, whether it's someone else or yourself, 
Again, it's that blaming instinct, that blaming process, and we all have it, um, but watch out for it. And especially some people, some people, this is a real, like the number one challenge they they have to fight against, right? Because by the way, it also gives up your power. If you blame, you know, your partner, oh, they eat chips at night. And so what am I supposed to do? We give up our power. We let other people dictate what we're going to do. Okay. And you're always ultimately in control. You may not be in control if you don't have the strategies yet. You see what I'm saying? So you may have to develop the strategies first, but at the end of the day, you're the one who's in control. You can find better solutions, but you need the energy and the focus on the solution, okay? And the blame pulls it off of that. All right, so the final the final instinct, all right, is the urgency instinct. And certainly, we could see how this applies to weight loss. This is the instinct that makes us wanna take immediate action and feel we need to get instant results, right? Is this, is this did I tell you these relate to weight loss or what? And this may be number one. And I think, A, this is an instinct that we all are born with. Um, but B, every weight loss marketing message you've seen in your entire life, and there have been hundreds of thousands to millions of them, are all reinforcing this instinct. They're all appealing to this instinct of instant results, okay? So we're, we're not only have this instinct, but it's also been reinforced and extra conditioned into us by the culture and by the marketing that we've seen. And so, you know, this can make us feel like we're not getting results fast enough, right? No matter what our results are, I can't tell you, I can't tell you <laughs> the number of clients I've worked with that have lost weight and they're trending in the right direction. And most importantly, they're doing it in a way that's comfortable and enjoyable. Um, but they go, wow, I thought I would have lost more weight by now. That, that, that is one of the most subtly sabotaging things that you can think, right? You're doing things right. And, and not only, again, if you're starving yourself, that's one thing, you know, you may expect a certain you know, level of um, result from that extreme level of effort. But when I work with people, it's always about making it comfortable and enjoyable and sustainable for the long term. So these are people saying, well, I've lost weight, but I thought I was going to lose more. You know, and they say, well, what? you know, they, they feel better. They're happy. It was easy. They got strategies that are in place, new habits. Um, and so we got to be careful about this because we can succeed. We can feel like we're failing even more succeeding with this one is what I'm trying to say. And if we set ourselves up that way, it's very difficult. And again, that can cause us to take drastic action. You know, that's one of the, the biggest problems I see. And you've probably experienced this yourself. Again, where you said, I don't care what I have to do. I just want to lose the weight. I don't care what I want to do. I'll lose as quick as possible. And we choose some crazy plan. We start out guns a-blazing, and then we run out of steam within a couple of days or weeks, right? Have you ever experienced that, <laughs> right? Um, probably. And so again, it's very, very common because a lot of the solutions that are presented to us are appealing exactly to this thing. Again, the two big ones I see um, with weight loss is the one thing, right? So just do this one thing and you'll lose the weight and do this one thing and you'll lose the weight quickly, right? So they're appealing to the, the one thing instinct and the urgency instinct, okay? So you've got to recognize this. You've got to stop making decisions just based on how fast you're going to get results and start looking how long you're going to get the results, okay? So again, this can cause us to feel a lot of stress because like I said, you can even be winning, you could be losing, you could be on the right trend and still feel like it's not good enough. And that's when you get in real trouble, you know, um, because then again, you, you start doing extreme things that don't last, all right? So um, to deal with the urgency instinct, what I suggest you relax and take a deep breath. You can do that now. Whew. By the way, it always feels good to do that. You know, that, that's something I always teach my programs is to get connected to when you relax and take a deep breath, you kind of connect to a different version of yourself, right? It's always helpful. Um, and again, with this urgency instinct, you want to realize that your success your ultimate goal is an accumulation of small wins over time, 
Okay. There is no, you know, I think that's probably why liposuction was popular at one point. You know, there's no way to lose a lot of weight all at once for the long term. Again, so, so listen, if you want to just lose like, you know, 20 pounds because you're going to be in a wedding, like this isn't for you, right? So I should have told you that at the beginning, right? But um, this wouldn't be for you. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is creating, losing the weight once, starting with your maintenance, right? Start with your maintenance plan. Um, keep your focus on the long term. Because again, when you do that, you reshift your time perspective. A lot of people are so, they zoom into the days. Oh, that's it. Tomorrow's Monday, I'm going to lose weight. And they start, the, the days feel longer because they're trying to be on the right track. And Monday feels like a long day. And Tuesday feels like a long day. I did good though. And then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday feel, oh, great. I can't wait to step on the scale. It wasn't as much as they thought because the result didn't match the effort they put in during that week, right? So we got to be careful of that, right? We got to extend the time frame because again, you don't just want to lose weight. You want to lose it for good. Right? There's a good chance if you're listening to this that you've lost weight and put it back on, right? Is there anything more frustrating than that? Right? It's so annoying. And I'm telling you a big reason why is because that method didn't work for you. It wasn't the proper method. And so when we start thinking long-term, we start thinking, in my opinion, more intelligently. We, ca- we start coming up with better strategies. You know, Instead of just trying to lose the weight quick, we start thinking, what can I live with long-term? What's going to be enjoyable? Right? What can I have fun with? What can I maintain and, and keep up? You know? And so by resisting this urgency instinct, I think we become a better version of ourselves. We think more clearly. We think more effectively. You know? And we can get much, much better results. All right. So, all right, cool. We got to the end of the instincts. I hope these help you. And um, again, they're always at play. And so I hope, first of all, that if you've had these instincts and you realize and you felt like some light bulbs going on, what I want you to do is I want you to feel better. Because again, when we don't understand these instincts and how they impact us, we just blame ourselves all the time. We're just always beating ourselves up. But when we can recognize, oh, I have been doing that. Once we recognize where the problem is, then we can fix it. Okay, and that's what I want to point out is that if you've been feeling discouraged by weight loss, you've tried it and you just start to feel like, oh, there's nothing I can do. It doesn't matter what I do. It's my goal to stop that and to help you realize that, that, no, there's absolutely things you've been doing that have been sabotaging you. You just haven't realized it. And once you realize it, even before you even change it, just realizing, gaining that awareness, I hope that makes you feel better. Because it's like when we don't know why we're doing what we're doing or we don't know why we can't get the results, we start to feel powerless. We get frustrated. We get overwhelmed. And when we feel that, we just get out, get me out of here. I don't want to think about this anymore. Okay? So un- being able to understand what the problem is is definitely a big step in the right direction. Okay? And so pick one of these instincts that's the biggest one for you. Right? If there was one big light bulb and it's like, oh, my God, that's a big one. Focus on that. Focus on that for the next week and think about what are some solutions. Okay, what can I do to fix this or to deal with it? Again, there's not really, there's no getting rid of it. It can, it'll always be there. You'll always be a, the, the next diet, the next exercise equipment that fixes everything just by doing it 10 minutes a day. It's always going to grab your attention. <laughs> it's always going to be appealing to you. But what you can do is you can have that come up and then you say, oh yeah, that's my, uh, you know, that's my urgency instinct. That's my, my simplification instinct kicking in. I just want one simple explanation for all of it and realize that, that doesn't work. What works is having a long-term sustainable strategy that I'm committed to and that feels good along the way, you know, as I, as I reach my goal and beyond. Okay. So again, I wish you the best. And um, remember, if you have any questions, you can email me at jim at programyourselfthin.com. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about my programs, uh, my weight loss programs and, and coaching programs that are available, you can go to programyourselfthin.com. 
And remember that nothing tastes as good as thin and healthy feels. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Program Yourself Thin podcast with Jim Katsoulis. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to programyourselfthin.com to sign up for free tools to help you lose weight. And remember to subscribe to get notified about upcoming episodes.